Welcome to Coaches and Conversations, where we remove the veil and talk about what it's really like to be a woman building a business online. Because here, it's not just business, it's personal. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach and Business Strategist, Tavana Denise. Let's dive in. Oh my goodness, Vicky. I am so happy and excited to be talking to you about so many things. I like I have no idea where this conversation is going to go because you are so many things. Like beautiful, intelligent, feminist coach, almost a new mother. Like the baby is almost <laughs> here. The breadwinner, a reformed hustler. We definitely need to talk about that time hacker soon to be millionaire. Like, let's just claim it. Like, it's a done deal. It's just a matter of time. We're just waiting for the the time in the bank account to catch up. So that's my experience of you, but I would love for you to tell everyone, like, who you are personally and in the coaching space. Yeah. I mean, firstly, thanks for having me and for inviting me into these conversations, which I think is so fun. Yeah, who I am. It's so funny. I love that question because I feel like so many of us, how we've been taught to think about who we are is like what we do for work or like a label, like a marital status or a baby or whatever it is versus like who we are. So I love, like, it's just interesting how we're taught to answer that question, but I won't go too into that philosophical stuff. Yeah, I think really I would say I'm a rebel. I'm someone that, you know, I spent most of my life being an underdog. I didn't, you know, I wasn't stereotypical in any way that was going to be successful and almost got kicked out of schools multiple times for my grades. I also have always been super ambitious. And I think this is what you've seen in my coaching and how it's developed so quickly is like, I will see how something is operating and not just follow it. And and I'm quite open to leading change and a lot of my clients also end up being these like leaders rebels innovators and yeah in my work I'm a feminist time coach and I actually only recently took on the title feminist time coach when I got pregnant because I will tell you I was like this is the best kept secret how tiring this is how exhausting this is how meant you know for me that I had some medical um, complications. So there was a lot of fear. I was told to bed rest. And, and I was like, wait, like if I was still working in corporate as a woman, like what options did I have? None. And that's when I really was like, oh, like this is a feminine time is a feminist issue and how we are taught to spend it and think about it. But yeah, you say you... more about that because like I, you, you call yourself a reformed hustler. I consider myself to be a anti-hustle ambassador. So mm-hmm. we're on that, that same trajectory or journey, but like, can you tell me what that hustle was like for you before and kind of how you wrap that in, like why that's a feminist issue? Cause I think that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I always knew I wanted to be successful and be making waves in the business world. So I just thought the more hours you put in, the more you did, the faster you moved. So I worked in, you know, I got a job in finance and always took certifications at the same time and was in the office seven days a week and like always like giving more than what was sustainable. That's what I really think of as hustle and giving more to prove something, right? Like I'm good enough, that I'm smart enough, that I'm successful enough and always always wanting to be at the next place, never being content where I was. And then when I first moved into the entrepreneurial world, I actually worked in tech as well. And it was the same thing. If 
anyone, I know this is mainly coaches, but anyone knows the startup space, it's a very much a culture of like, it's celebrated to work seven days a week. So that's what I did. And, you know, we got married and then the next day flew out to move to Austin, the next day (laughs) to move to Austin because we got into an accelerator program there. We didn't even take like two days to just chill. This was me driving it, right? Not my partner. So I've done 80 hour work weeks. <laughs> like anything that anyone's done, I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I've oh done three jobs at once. I've done qualifications while working full time. Like I've, I was always hustling because well, I've. But Vicky, so I've been there too. And I see this. So you went from finance to startup space to coaching. So like, when did you get certified in coaching? And Mm -hmm. did you find yourself taking that hustle mentality into your coaching business? Mm -hmm. So I actually got certified in 2017 before I co-founded a tech startup. So it's like I certified and then went back to the tech scene for two years. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think it was it was the best worst experience, right? Closing that business, having given so much time and so much of myself and so much of my personal life up for it. And then ultimately deciding it wasn't sustainable and deciding to close it down. And then very humbly, like moving back to the UK, back into my parents, me and my partner both didn't have jobs. I was coaching a little bit and that's when I was actually hired by the life coach school and decided to go all in on a mastermind and go all in on my coaching And I think having gone through what I went through, it just became so clear that that wasn't going to be what created success. And it was about three months in to coaching where my business was growing and I was working 20 hours a week for the school. And I slowly started to be like, oh, I'll just work six days a week. I remember this moment and then deciding like, no, I'm not going to do that. And what was amazing was I decided I wasn't going to do that. And that was the first month my business went from like 5K to 25K. Mm -hmm. So I worked less and 5X my income. And it like hit me in the face that, oh, like it's not a more hours, more hustle down to the grind thing. It really is, you know, how we take care of ourselves how we, and and a big thing that I know you, you know a lot about and I speak a lot about is failure is the way to success. And when you fail a lot, you are putting your nervous system in a different space and that requires you to take better care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And what I was doing for the first time in my life was creating like recovery space, recuperation space. And I think that's what fueled so much of my growth which was the opposite of how I'd created anything before. Yeah, I mean, and I think for so many people like that listen, that are in my world, in your world, we are the high achievers, the overachievers, the go-go-goers mm-hmm. and all of that. And so I think it can be really scary to change that mentality and and have really a nervous system reaction or response to saying, no, I'm not working six days a week. I'm going to work less. So. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like when you made that decision and you had like, like it wasn't, so sometimes it's like when we say, oh, okay, I just decided. And it was this like, oh, that was the end. But I'm curious, like, what was that actual, was there a physiological response, a visceral response to saying, no, I'm not working Mm -hmm. six days a week. And how did you deal with that? Because I'm really curious, like some of us, when we talk about it, we retell the story, it's like, oh, we just decided. And then one day (laughs) we don't talk about like 
what came up when we made that decision. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So for me, it was quitting the 20 hour a week job that I had. So it wasn't just working less hours. It was giving up steady income, which was something, you know, my husband is a full-time student. We're solely dependent on my income. That was accounting for 50% of my income at the time. So it what I was navigating a lot of fear. It was wholly uncomfortable. And it was, but it required me to hold beliefs in myself that I think I'd been able to avoid before. And what I mean by that is, and I would say this to anyone listening, any any high achiever has belief in themselves. That's why they're a high achiever, right? Like there is deep buried maybe inside of years of, you know, maybe being told you're not good enough or being in a hustle or whatever it is. There is a belief that you can do something. And as much as it exposed all of my fear, it also required me to listen to that tiny voice at the time that was like, you know, you can do this Mm -hmm. and navigating both of those that, so I had a month notice period, I think. And there were definitely times over that month where I was like, could just go back and (laughs) do it again. But also that tiny voice I'd given space to, like that was what created my 5X month Um, And my growth was like, I actually had to admit that I did believe in myself. Whereas so often we're like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, I don't know, especially as women, I feel like there's a lot of like, we're not trained to compliment ourselves. We're all worried we'll suddenly become too arrogant. Like we're afraid of voicing how brilliant we are. And so we end up shrinking ourselves over and over. Oh, I'm not that good. Oh, anyone could do it. I was just in the right place. It was just luck, all that kind of narrative. And I kind of had to strip it all away. And I was left with actual pure belief, even if it was like a tiny spark. So it was uncomfortable. (laughs) And it was incredible. I think it like lit a fire in me. That is why I then, you know, grew so fast so quickly because I exposed it. Go on. Yeah, because it's making me think you had that. You said like, I'm just going to trust that I'm not going to do six days a week and I'm going to like just honor that. And then you 5X to 25K Mm -hmm. in the month. And you recently had a 250K month. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so curious and I'm sure other people are like, wait, what? <laughs> 250K a month. And then of course, behind that, all the questions like, but how? She must be working all the time and da, da, da. So what, yeah. is, what does life and business look like now having had recently a 250K a month? Like, can you walk yeah. me through a day or a week in the life yeah. of Vicky? <laughs> yeah, well, I think what's interesting to know is so I work a 15 hour week and that's what I help other people achieve as well. And that's been the case for me for over a year now. So definite example that hours don't create results. And another thing, as you, as you touched on, I'm pregnant and I had a really tough first trimester where I was told to rest and to stop working. And I didn't hit my goals last year. And I didn't hit my goals and I delayed a launch and I took three months off and I wasn't making money and I'd had big expenses last year, like, you know, over six figure expenses in my business. And again, I navigated through a lot of fear of like, if I don't make any money before this baby comes out, especially like I said, I'm the breadwinner, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously my partner will, 
he's going to finish school right before the baby and he'll do what he needs to do, but it's not going to be a high salary that he takes. Um, And I really, again, had to create safety and comfort separate from making money. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because stuff happens, like shit happens all the time. And we set these lofty goals, especially those of us who are used to set the goal, hit the goal, set the goal, hit the goal, set the goal, life circumstance happens. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, fuck, Mm -hmm. I might not hit this goal. Mm -hmm. And especially when we have business expenses, like just because we're not making money doesn't mean that the expenses go away. And I remember, and the reason why I want to talk, I appreciate you sharing this and want to talk about it and pause for a minute is because I had a, like, I delayed a launch as well at the end of last year. And then I got COVID on top of that. And Mm -hmm. it's like in my business model, I use launches and then I also do intensive. So I always have the ability to make money, but most of my income comes during a launch. For me, it was something didn't feel aligned. And if it doesn't feel aligned, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I got COVID on top of it. Mm-hmm. So it was really one of those moments where it was like, oh shit, like what if? And just really what you touched on and holding myself and creating the safety and security in myself and not in what the amount in the account looks like. So how did you navigate that that space like how do you go about creating safety and security in yourself I know for me it's it's literally a practice of just talking to myself and being like you know what girl you're okay every other time stuff works out like and and it's really interesting being down for the count during the COVID and months and stuff like that still made money and so Mm -hmm. how do you um, establish or cultivate the safety and security for yourself in those times or how did you yeah, for me, it's like safety and security to really allow whatever emotions I need to process. Like I was going through a lot of fear around my health stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, okay, I'll give myself a few weeks and then I'm over it. Like I, my brain kept trying to negotiate, like we've given enough time to this now. We've got, and it was like loving that part of my brain instead of arguing with her and like understanding her instead of being frustrated with her and just really accepting all parts of myself and really separating my safety from money. Because I think what happened to me was, you know, when I didn't have money, I knew that safety didn't come from money. But then actually once my business grew and I was making multiple six figures, I I accidentally attached my safety to money again, right? And I was like, well, you know, those that kind of thinking like money solves all problems. And and like, don't get me wrong, like there's definitely an element of financial security, right? Like for sure. But especially, you know, giving birth and things like that. But I really got into... Well, I was wanting to get into 25K debt when I started my business. So I could get into 25K debt. I looked at my expenses and I'd already cut a lot of things and stopped investing in certain areas. And I was like, well, my business could actually run for six months on the cash that's in it. Like I really started getting very real about the numbers and not letting my brain just like exaggerate everything. And I really got to the place of if I don't make money for the next six months, and that's it. And even the next year, like whatever it is, we will actually survive. 
Like it might not be comfortable, might not be what I wanted, but we will be okay. And reminding myself of that. And, and then also, I know you had Simone on here and I met up, I got lucky to meet up with her in Paris and she said something to me. I said to her, I'll be okay because I've got X amount of savings. And she said, you'll be okay because you know how to make money. Like you have that skill. And I'd completely forgotten to give myself credit for what I'd built. And I was giving the money credit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so it was about reclaiming that. And I would say that for anyone listening, whatever stage you are financially, like where are you giving credit for creating safety to a partner, a salary, an amount of money in the bank, a number of clients, a launch, whatever it is. And how can you reclaim that? That's what it really came down to. Yeah, I think it's so important when we find ourselves spinning out to like, let's go back to the facts. And and sometimes it it does mean looking at the actual numbers and that kind of thing. And that would be one layer of it. And then on top of it, that additional layer. Okay, I know how to make money. I made the money that's in the account. <laughs> yeah. I'll make some more. And I think that's, thank you for reminding me of that too. It's like, oh no, we basically know how to print money. <laughs> right, right. Which is such a fun thought to think about. Mm-hmm. We know how to print money. <laughs> and, and, and anyone that's made like a thousand dollars, like you know how to make money. There's no like amount of money you need to make to qualify you. If you made a thousand dollars, you know how to make money. Yes. Right. And if you can make one, you can make two. If you can mm-hmm. make two, you can make four and this and so forth. And so it's like, I think at least what I'm hearing is like whatever you need to do and think more importantly, think to get yourself to calm down. Mm -hmm. Because I think in that, that space of calm and you can remind yourself of how freaking bad, badass you are. Yeah. Yes. And then once I did that, you asked me like, how did I create a 250K month? And what did that look like? Mm -hmm. Actually my month before it was 50K. So I'd have like a few months of low, like I can't even remember, just not hitting my goal, not working. And then I came back having created that safety and that like self-trust that I will take care of myself and my health and my baby. Then I just asked myself, what did I, what did I want to give people? Like if I was giving people a gift, what would it be? Mm. And from there I created a challenge and I ended up creating like eight clients into my time hackers program, which like I wasn't even I didn't have any goal for that program then, but it was really create safety in yourself first. And then you are able to give. It's just a different space to create from and to problem solve for our clients for. And it was like, it was like becoming a magnet and just like opportunities were just coming in constantly. And I was well in a, in a well place to receive them, which I wasn't for a few months before. What's been your biggest surprise, I guess, about either hitting a 250K month or being a multiple six-figure earner in business as a coach? I think it really is separating out everything we've been taught about what creates success versus what actually creates success. And the thing that comes up for me, for me still and my clients a lot is this whole narrative that like hard work creates results Mm -hmm. versus like ease and easiness and take, you know, and self-care and, and really that kind of things. And like that for me is, is a big one. And I think, yeah, 
it's normal for me now, but the idea, you know, now I'm back in Manchester where I was born and catching up with friends here and they're like, what, you work a 15 hour week and really at the moment it's like a five hour week. And then, you know, it's like the idea that that's even possible. And I just think, especially as it comes to our time, we're following so many rules. You asked me before about why feminism. Mm. Um, We're following so many work time rules and structures and norms that were created without women in mind, without working parents in mind, without anyone that's neurodiverse in mind, without creatives or coaches in mind. Like it's a factory mindset built for men who have a partner at home who's taking care of the house and we are struggling to put like our round shapes into these square boxes it's creating higher burnout more frustration high levels of you know starting stopping quitting guilting all of these things and I think now women have more socioeconomic power than ever it's like the perfect time to be like how do we want to work what's sustainable for us What's going to allow us to not just take care of ourselves in this process, which is the most important part, but also better serve our missions and the impact that we want to have and the clients that we have and all of this stuff. Like it's not this narrative that taking time off because you are sick or taking time off because you are pregnant or taking time off because your kid is sick or whatever it is, or you have an anxiety day or a menstrual day, that that takes from a business or that takes from the impact it's it's I don't know if I'm allowed to swear but it's BS like okay it's bullshit like it's not even true the better we take care of ourselves as as I shared with my own story and as I know you experienced with yours the more creative we are the bolder we are willing to be the more risks we are willing to take the more open we are and all of those things are way more impactful for the work that we are doing than staying an extra three hours in the office yeah I think and and I still, as much as I am an anti-hustle ambassador, I still sometimes I'm unlearning, untangling, unwinding some of that. Because when you said now it's a five hour week, then my brain was like, well, what do we do with the rest of the time? Right. Yeah. And so I'm sure you have to you have to help your clients with that, too. So and and I'm certain I wasn't the only one listening to you say that, like, wait, so what do I do with the rest of the time? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I speak about in the 15 hour mastermind is this um, training we've had to fill our time. It's kind of like the training that we've had to have three meals a day. It's like time is there to be filled. When we are kids in school, we get a timetable. And that timetable is based on like that all the classes are filled, you know, and like that's a good week. And we want kids to be occupied, let's be honest. And no one turns around to us when we're an adult and is like, hey, you don't need to plan everything out in advance. You don't need to fill your time with productive things or unproductive things or plans. You don't, you know, I used to have like, forget how I hustled and work. I also used to have like three plans every night, like social plans, like everything in my life was full to the brim. Um, So I get, I like, we can hustle with our personal lives too, versus like having the spaciousness and the trust that we will know what we want to do in the moment. We are open to seeing what's possible and what we feel like. And it's not to say that I might not, like I might still paint, for example, but how I first did the 15 hour work week was, I was trying 
to productivize, if that's a word, my time off. I was like, I'm going to go for a two hour walk, then I'll paint, then I'll have a bath, then I'll do, like I was planning it because it all had to be filled because that was the mindset that I'd inherited and been taught. Whereas now it's like just being open to possibility. Like it's my favorite thing in the world that my phone can ring and my parents can call me and I can just answer and, you know, chat for an hour. Remember they used to, even some of my friends, when they call now, they still think that they're getting Vicky from two, three years ago when I was in the startup. And they're like, can you talk? I'm like, I can always talk. And by the way, I won't always answer my phone if I don't want to either, right? right? One of the things I posted this week, I would say the biggest shift has been my relationship with my own brain. Like I love just being with my brain, hanging out, thinking weird things, Um daydreaming like just you know letting my imagination run wild either forwards backwards sideways whatever it is and that was something that I never used to give time to like it was never me and my brain it was me and my phone me and my friends me and my work me and my studies so yeah like why not just um hang out with our brains and the funny thing is is I'm producing more like I can't switch my content tap off it's like I have to actively no, <laughs> because I'm ex- I'm thinking differently. I have so much space to think. And my brain sees opportunities to explain things or understand things or challenge things or teach things um, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really different space to be in at mm-hmm. this level. So like, if you could take me back to maybe the first 100K, what do yeah. you think was the most challenging thing? about earning your first 100k that you didn't expect yeah for me it happened faster than I thought it would like it was a few months and it was fast and I think that was what was so surprising to me it wasn't the challenge of creating it which was don't get me wrong very emotional very up and down like oh my god I have three clients in a day and then like you know, not hitting the next, and then I must be able to double this next week and then not, um, Mm -hmm. and navigating, like, you don't know what's, what to expect of yourself. It's kind of like the wild, wild west, right? It's just like a mess everywhere. You're just like going for stuff. You are deep in the learning. It's like super fun, but there's no order. It's chaos. So managing that chaos, Mm -hmm. I would say for me, when I, when I, when I achieved it, that was really it. My brain was like, this didn't take time. Why did I think this was going to take time? Why did part of the reason I went into a startup after I certified was because that seemed like a proper business and legitimate and coaching. I was like, I don't know about this coaching. (laughs) Um, So I know a lot of people have navigated that. And here I was, I'd made more money in six months in coaching than I had in over two years in this startup and like a lot more. And I was like, what? Like I didn't do what I wanted to do because I thought this wasn't possible. And that I think can be a scary, like it sounds great, but it's also scary. Like you said about unlearning hustle, it's like unlearning the narrative that you've been taught, recognizing that you've been taught someone else's narrative. It's very expansive and opening and amazing. And it's also very destabilizing and uncertain and Um, I think navigating those two things, I think we can glamorize like making the 100K, but there is going to be something that there's a reason. There's going to be a brain change. There's going to be lessons that you learn. There's going to be things that are challenged that right now it's comfortable that they're not challenged. And that's what I would say to anyone who's working towards 100K now is like, 
what are you willing to challenge that you're currently believing? Right. <laughs> right. Especially anything where you start the sentence, that's not possible. Yeah. I th- it's I mean, not possible for me because dot, 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 like write them all out. And then are you willing to give up those? Because we're like, well, yeah, for a hundred K, but like they're, they're there for a reason. We have these stories for a reason. They provide comfort to us. And in a lot of cases, it provides safety because mm-hmm. I've, as I work with people, it's like, oh, it's not safe to make that amount of money yeah. in their mind. And and it's it's a process of unlearning. And I, I've been thinking about this here lately, that we earn that first 100K in whatever manner we need to grow as a human on this planet. So for you, it was really fast. For you said six months. For me, it was seven years. Mm-hmm. So we, but why? Right. And so mm-hmm. I think it's because of the things that we needed to grow as a human to get to where yeah. we, where we are today. It makes me think about our brains are literally changed from who we were and how we thought before. But I'm curious, are there any things that you still think about or deal with, even though you're at the multiple six figure level? All of it. The same stuff. My brains aren't clever. They're not clever. They're lazy. They like conserving energy. They're just going to throw the same story at you at every level with like a different angle. Like it's different now because I thought I had to be someone completely different to create 100K in my business. Then I thought I had to be someone completely different to create 200K. So at that point when I was doing that, I mean, like you can see me now, the people listening can't, but you know, I was dressing properly and I was like putting on makeup and I was like a must, a more a more money means more professional means how I look, and you know navigating away from that corporate world that I'd you know been trained in into like you said at the beginning of the call you said about me being a seven figure earner like my genuine thought now is like oh I'm the same as I'm going to be at seven figures, and this is the only time. I've thought that. Now my brain sometimes still wants to argue with me and say, well, you're not, otherwise you would have it or you you shouldn't be, or we need to professionalize something or whatever narrative it throws. It honestly is the same stories. I think the biggest difference is my response to them. And I think initially I believed them. Then I argued with them. (laughs) Then I resisted them. And now I have compassion for them. And that is... I would say, but my brain hasn't got any, any clever, it's not got any smarter in how it trips me up and I still fall for it sometimes. And I just don't make it a problem. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm friends with Brig Johnson too. And I just call him like, my friends are back. My friends are back. I have two major friends where it's like exact, it's almost exactly what you said. At first, you were just oblivious to it and they yeah. were just running the show. And then you see them and then you want to fight them and try to get rid of them and reframe it like all of the things. And then you're just like, okay, here you are. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important because I think some people probably listening think when I'm at 100K, I won't deal with this anymore. And that's probably the number one thing blocking you from getting to 100K because you will still deal with the same things. So like, it's not about, and I almost define hustling as that. Hustling is wanting to do something to change a belief instead of changing a belief with our brain, right? It's like, I'll think I'm enough if I work a 40 hour week or create hundred K in my business, which means we're going to create hundred K business from the belief I'm not enough, which is right. how I uh, define hustling. 
So it's the same thing, right? For anyone who thinks like, when I'm 100K, I'm allowed to think, for example, I'm a successful coach. No, no, no. Then the way to 100K is by knowing that now you are a successful coach. Right. And and I think for me and my clients, when it's about launching, it's like, well, I'll allow myself to feel successful or to feel proud when I have a successful launch or a sold out launch or whatever the, the metric they're going for. And I'm like, that is the, it doesn't work. It's difficult. If you hit it, you're going to be sorely disappointed yes. and and then possibly quit because you you neglected yourself and all of this to get to that so that you could feel a certain way. And I'm like, how about we just cultivate the feeling now and then you'll yeah. enjoy the process so much more. Yes. And I want to share with you about my launch because this is your area of expertise. And I shared it with some of my clients and they were like, what? So I launched in October, the 15 hour work. We can add one person sign up mm-hmm. and then my health stuff. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I planned like a four day launch. I was like, I'm not problem solving now. I'm just taking care of myself. And if it ends up being one person and me in January, great. We're going to have a great time. And I went back to taking care of myself as a priority and filling my own cup. And then, like I said, what do I want to create that's a gift? And then um, I opened up my launch in January and I had like 10 days or something. And I was going away for the last weekend, like the last long weekend, five days. And it was, well, I think people started coming in the December, but it, it just filled so easily because instead of waiting to think that I could relax once it was done or attaching any any of my thoughts about myself and my self-concept to the result. I just created so much safety and trust and appreciation for my life as it was. And it was the first time I've launched without any of the tightness or graspiness or anxiety like it was really it was really just like oh wow now it's three people amazing that's like a proper group I remember having two people and it ended up overselling and like the weekend before and even after I closed it people were reaching out like can I can I join still and and I've joined and I've told my friends to join like it was just so easy because I created that safety first because I released myself from I forgave myself for but if it was just me and one person at the start, like I was super happy with that. And I think it's the opposite of like what you're saying and how often we think about launches, which is like, when I, I'll just feel better when I get a few more people signed up and then I'll believe. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> right. Like you have to feel great about yourself, even if there's only one person and you're doing it next week. Mm-hmm. That was literally close to where I was. Yeah. And I, I think with you creating so so much spaciousness and compassion and grace for where you were right there at the moment. And I love what you said about even if it's me and the other person. I think so many people, it's almost like they'd rather have zero than one. Mm. Mm. They'd rather have zero than one because, of course, of all of the things that we that we make it mean if we have one person. Rather than just what you said, just like loving the heck out of, okay, we're going to have a marvelous time if it's even if it's me and that one person. Yeah. Yes. And it's what we touched on a bit earlier, like having the appreciation for what you have instead of needing more. Mm-hmm. So creating enough, it really comes down to creating enoughness, doesn't it? All the all the time. Like 
Because if we think it's not enough, my program's not enough, it's not like I don't have enough money in account. Like it just, it's this black hole, this vacuum that sucks all of the life out of you and everything around you. And nobody wants to be around that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I think, and I've had this feedback from a lot of people when I was launching that they got so much value just from what I was saying about what's possible through my launching materials but it is once you launch not to sign clients but to give value right for like the experience I really wanted to like explore with my own brain all the different ways I could speak about it and all the different ways I could think about it and I wanted to share about the one person and the like unsuccessful first launch let's say because I think a lot of people could hear oh a 250k month that's easy for her and it's like no it's not easy for me (laughs) I mean it isn't isn't right but we fail still I think like you say like people can say well once you made 100k it's easy like no No. you're more public (laughs) more people are gonna now more people are watching you've made bigger bolder things but it's just that willingness to have your own back through it Yes. I mean, and to to stay in experimentation and learning mode, because even though we've made a hundred K, there are still certain things that we're experimenting with and trying. And so you're like, damn, but that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And I also love detaching from what's happening right now and really thinking about five years from now and thinking like five years from now, I'm going to have helped hundreds of people create their 15 hour work week. Like that's done. So like this like is just like you say, it's a learning and experimental opportunity, which feels very different to, I have to get this launch because I need the money because I'm going to have a baby. And if I don't make this launch, I'm not selling anything else. And, you know, and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. which is where I was two, three months prior. <laughs> totally. Well, I, I know you have to, to skedaddle, but I do want to ask this question. I took the time to ask some other coaches, like, what would they love to ask? Like, what's one question they would want to ask if they had the opportunity to chat with someone like you? And I thought this one was so, like, that, I was like, whoa, when I read it. And so you, of course, are open to decline. But the question is, what do you not want me to ask because it feels too vulnerable? Oh, that's such a good question. What do I not want to be asked because it feels too vulnerable? Mm-hmm. I think what comes up, and I'm not, I've not really got a clear question, is something along the lines of relationships. You know, I think for a lot of us coaches, my life radically and drastically changed in the past few years. And not everyone around you goes through that at the same time as you. And just like I don't understand what all my friends do for careers, a lot of them don't understand what I do. And I think there's some fear that at some point, you know, there will be less in common and that will matter. This, This is what I can think of now. So something... Yeah, I think for me, vulnerable relationships are very important to me. Community is very important to me. And I gained so much through the coaching community. It's been phenomenal. I also have a lot of friends that I've had since I was a baby, like literally or two, three years old. Or I just spoke with a friend before we did that I've had since I was 12. And, you know, like a lot of childhood friends. And I think sometimes, I think if you were to ask me how is it impacting your relationships and what is your fear about what it's going to, how it's going to impact your relationships? That would be the question. What's your fear about how you continuing to succeed 
would impact these relationships because what comes up for me is just like uh being different not being understood again even for me with the 15 hour thing it's something a lot of my clients say as well it's like I would love to do it but I'm afraid other people will think I'm lazy you know I speak to my friend who's like had just had her third baby works at a law firm he's like a ninja and I'm like oh I'm tired (laughs) you know I'm like pregnant with my first working five hour weeks And being able to be honest and say that instead of like, oh, I have to put walls up and pretend that everything's fine for me because, you know, you're, you're navigating all this other stuff. So I would say around that topic, that's clear. Yeah, that's, that is so interesting because as, as you spoke about it, I'm like, yeah, not being understood, not being part of the group, not, you know, not relating anymore. That's Mm -hmm. real. And so yeah. My response is always to find friends in that so I can have those kind of chats with them. Yeah. And I think, but I think it's like, I definitely like, you know, even for us to have these kind of conversations, I think is so valuable. And I think I love the coaching social world. But I also know that I don't want my only social world to be the coaching world as well. Mm-hmm. So it's navigating, it's just the unknown of relationships. Right. right. And being okay with that. Being okay with that. Yeah. So good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. So before I ask my very last question, please mm-hmm. tell the people where they can find you, follow your wisdom and all of the good things. Um, best place to go is Instagram, Feminist Time Coach. You can also go to vickilouise.com. It's V-I-K-K-I, louise.com and download the four biggest time wasters. Um, and I have a podcast called Hack Your Time, which I'm about to take a few months off as I take my maternity leave. So there's a good over 100 episodes there for you to catch up on while I'm out. <laughs> oh, so good. So I would just love to know if you could go back in time and give one piece of advice to former Vicky. What would you tell her? Yeah, I would. I don't know that I would give her advice or I would just give her a hug and be like, you're going to be OK. Like, I love you gonna be okay I promise that's that's probably what I would do as a just give her a hug so good oh I love that (laughs) so much and thank you thank you so much for coming and doing this with me and being so open and generous oh I love you thank you for having me this is so fun absolutely and I will talk to you soon And if you want to continue the conversation with us, join our private community at TavanaDenise.com forward slash join. This is your place to get real, get honest and share what's on your mind and heart as a woman building a business online. I can't wait to meet you on the inside.